Before we get into this episode of Kit Chat, I want to remind all of our Kit Chat listeners to follow The Evanstonian on all of your social media platforms. On Twitter, we are at the underscore Evanstonian, and on Instagram, we are at the Evanstonian. Also, please, please, please check out evanstonian.net to see our most recent December issue. It was released today, December 14th. And we feature it prominently in this episode of Kit Chat. If you like Kit Chat and want to help us reach more listeners, please subscribe to Kit Chat on the podcast app of your choice. If you really love the work we do, please give us a five star ratings on iTunes. Now, let's get on with the show. Up and Adam E Town. Don't forget, because it is so true. Anything is possible, and make sure to put your best foot forward. We're, we're certainly all in this together. It's a great day to be alive. Hi, my name is Nora Miller, and I use she, they pronouns. I'm Zachary Bahar, and I use he, him pronouns. And welcome to Kit Chat. It is December 14th. We have five days left until winter break. I'm feeling relieved i think is the right word both because yes we are very close to break and because we released our newest our december edition of the evanstonian today Mm -hmm. and as we're going to talk about that was a very long and taxing issue in a lot of ways yeah i mean break is you have any big plans uh not really (laughs) um not going anywhere apparently there's some kind of uh some sort of thing that canceled a lot of travel plans. I'm not really sure what it was. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I try to forget about that. Yeah, so uh, no, not really. Oh, <laughs> maybe finish uh, Friday Night Lights, which I started watching Ugh. for Thanksgiving break. If That's... you, to all of the listeners, if you have not watched Friday Night Lights, I highly recommend you go do that. It is during the first winter break. Show I have binged since Breaking <laughs> Bad. So that's really good praise. Also, that's, watch Breaking really... Bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I have a lot of good shows. If anyone wants to um, email me about what shows to watch, you can just do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Great show. There is an ETHS grad as the main character. So Wait, I'm the... pretty sure that Matt, yeah, the coach? Matt Sarson is. Oh, really? No, the. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know he that. He went to Nichols. He went to EGHS. Okay, that's really cool. I didn't know this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a relaxing break. We thankfully do not have finals, um, which okay. pretty happy about. Yes. Um, what we're going to be talking about for right now for this episode is a piece released by the in-depth section of the Evanstonian. It is the longest piece the Evansonian has ever released by around, I think, 1,500 words, if not more than that. It's focused on mental health, specifically mental health and e-learning, and the way the school is addressing, I think addressing is the right word, this crisis that we're facing. Yeah, it's um, worth the read is something I would say, and absolutely... Um, there has been so much work put into this. So we have brought on two of the editors um, for In-Depth. 
on Jessica Siegel and Lauren Dane. Yeah, let's let's go over and talk to them now. Okay. Hello. Um, welcome on the show. Do you both want to introduce yourselves and maybe what your role is in the Evanstonian and anything else? Yeah, hi, I'm Lauren. Um, I'm the in-depth editor and I'm a junior. I've been on the paper too for the Evanstonian for three years. This is my third year. I'm Jessica. I'm the assistant in-depth editor. Um, I'm a sophomore, so this is my second year on the paper. You're both amazing editors. And I thank you both for coming on here and for everything else you do. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you you so much. Um, So today we wanted to talk about the in-depth story that is coming out or that has come out today. And basically, you know, what your experience was writing it, what your experience is at school as students and, you know, kind of just going through your findings and, you know, all that stuff. So first of all, as students, what has been your experience this semester in terms of your mental health? Well, for me, it's definitely just been, I think this is probably reflects a lot of students. It's just been a lot more stressful. I mean, um, there's always been like stressful elements of school in the past years, obviously, but like there were also aspects of school that I would look forward to, like sitting with my friends at lunch or like I would have a volleyball game after school or something like that, that would kind of help to balance out the stress of school. But now like my schoolwork has almost become just like an obligation or like things that I have to get done. There's no sort of balance of like, yes, school is hard and it's stressful, but like there's also things that help make it a little less stressful. And now it's just sort of like, here's another thing to add to my list of things to do. You know, it's, it's been harder. I definitely agree. I think that like outside of just like the academics, there used to be a lot of like social engagement with school. Um, And while you might be able to still like communicate and have time with like your friends and stuff, I feel like there's like that greater, maybe not like your super close friends, like your school friends, like you don't get to interact with them as much. And that um, idea that school is now purely the academic, you don't have as much motivation, right? And it's harder to like turn in assignments or just do things that like during a normal school year. Zach? Yeah, I agree with that entirely with what Jessica and Lauren said. It's just a lot more difficult to be motivated this year. And yeah, that could just be senioritis or college applications and just wanting to procrastinate you know, work on other stuff while actually just watching YouTube or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is more difficult this year. And I'm not sure if you feel the same way, Nora. No, I do. And I think um, for me, I'm a really social person. So even though I like do care about school academically, I also really care about um, like the social events throughout the school. I think that's been something like I've learned is like I consider myself a fairly introverted person but like I really get a lot of energy from just walking in the hallways and seeing people and saying hi to people and like that you know that's gone now. So kind of going into the actual in-depth story about mental health um, do you both just want to explain the process of this and when you started working on it why did you think it was important to um, pursue the process for this has d- been longer I would say than other in-depths usually we take um, a month or two to cover a specific topic that we want to do and that's 
the normal process but for this it's been um like multiple months and I think that it's good for the story and for the what we're talking about because mental health is such a complex issue that we want to give it its time and space um and put in as much effort that we can into this but I think that initially we wanted to just get like baseline like interviews with staff members social workers at the school um and then talk to some students too just to get an idea of like where the school was at in their outreach of mental health this year because like we've said multiple times this year is unlike any other year right and how they're kind of adapting to this new form of like isolation for students and having to be at home and how maybe like the different student services can benefit students i and I think that that's what we wanted to focus the most on is like what is being done to help students in this time. And that's been like a guiding principle for um, what we've been talking about in the mental health spread. So we kind of started with that idea and have branched off of it. And Yeah, so I think it was like back for our like September issue when we started working on um, just like e-learning as a whole and the different difficulties and challenges that, like, we've encountered with e-learning. And we were like, oh, let's put out this piece on e-learning, and then let's focus on the other topics we're going to cover this year. But then we discovered that, like, remote learning is way more complicated, and there's so many more problems than we thought that we would, like, we didn't get to cover it all in that initial issue. So we started making like more of like an extension on it focusing primarily just like on the mental health effects that e-learning has had and so it really has been like a very lengthy process like we did start talking about it in I think September and October was when we started thinking more about like the mental health side of it so it's been a really long time um you both talked about like branching off the original idea and like trying to find those nuances and like look for more stories within just the overall topic of mental health. Yeah. And I think like that is why it's now been three months. Original plan was to get this out in November. And within those two months, that's still longer than we've spent on pieces throughout the year. It's not abnormal for in depth, but it's what we've, we've spent a month on each of the pieces we've done so far. And then when we got to November, we essentially came to the weekend that it was going to be released. And a lot of the pieces were there, but they were in the wrong order. They were missing things. There were like large gaps in what we were like just implying versus explicitly stating. And so yeah, now over this last month, we've gone back um, with mostly just the three of us and the, the rest of the in-depth team has been working on other stuff, which is also related to mental health about how students have made it through 2020. We're releasing it and it feels really great because this has been a difficult piece to work on it has been one that has taken a lot of energy and that you know it's a painful topic and even as like I haven't had the worst experiences here but it's still a painful Mm -hmm. topic yeah and I would say just as students um it's it is so personal um and it's something that you know, the Evansonian can't remove itself from because we're all students and we all on many on different levels we all face some challenges with mental health um just because of the really significant change that coronavirus has had on all of us from an outside perspective how have how has this piece looked for you i mean not really outside but more outside than the three of us i would just say accurate i think like it it wasn't to me at least it wasn't some sort of like like ridicule of anyone it was really just the 
mostly just how students were feeling. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's wonderful. And I definitely recommend like it to everyone who's listening to this. Um, okay. So something else we wanted to talk about was more so like, what is the argument or what is the point, I guess, of um, you bringing up student mental health in this in-depth? <laughs> okay. Um, I think that the most important thing about bringing up mental health is because it was so apparent in um, just e-learning, right? So when we were originally doing the process for writing the spread, that was just about e-learning and what it looks like and what it means and what teachers and students are going through um, during like the early process of e-learning because we wrote that in September I think through our interviews of that piece and that was specifically more related to interviews and kind of like taking the experiences of students and staff members uh, we found that there was this feeling of stress which um, you can kind of say is like a general feeling that a lot of people probably have right now and that mental health was very apparent and that could not be expressed right and like Jessica said could not be expressed within that e-learning piece so I think that that is where this idea of writing specifically about the mental health during e-learning and and the pandemic for students um, and just for everybody in the ETHS community was um, very strong and that that needed to be spoken about. So I think that in this spread specifically, we want to back up everything that we are claim not claiming, but are saying that we don't want to make wild generalizations about people's feelings and experiences during this time. And while we want to have um, staff members, administration, teachers, and students' perspectives throughout this whole thing, we also used um, survey data that the school provided and that like student organizations at the school provided to back up this idea that students are struggling and that the resources that the school are are providing or is providing um, isn't really fulfilling that need that students have. Uh, and for example, we used uh, information from like board meetings that the school, like the school board has had and um, different data that was showing that like students feel unmotivated or they're struggling with their mental health more so than usual. And I think that that's really compelling and um, that research and that information and data really backs up the experiences we want to bring to the forefront in the piece. So I think that that was really important is um, providing evidence for what we're trying to say so that it can't be argued, right? Because we might all feel this way um, and be going through these similar experiences, but we want to ensure that this is like taken seriously and people 100% believe what we're saying within the piece. Yeah, and like certainly some of that data that that we have used is what you were asking about, like Nora, is like how many people have been suffering. The number is around 80% of students are feeling a lack of motivation, obviously one of the main signs of depression, one of the main symptoms. But even if it's not more than just not being motivated, that's really bad. 40% of students are feeling like actual mental illnesses in whatever that means. That Again, I think the majority are probably anxiety and depression based off some of the nationwide numbers that we use. But saying that will include other things. And so like when you look at those numbers, like that's that's a lot of students. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of students. Yeah. School has always stressed students out. That's the reality of it. Um, 
that's what it was kind of designed to do. <laughs> um, and so normally in non-pandemic years, when we're with other people, those people, our friend groups, our sporting groups, our teams, our, you know, whoever else, the people we talk to in the hallways, those people are an outlet for the anxiety, for the stress that people feel. Being able to socialize is, you know, it, it's what makes us human to an extent. And so when you have school as viewing school only as the academic side, and that's all you have, which is essentially what e-learning has done. There aren't really classroom communities in my experience. That, that might, isn't maybe universal. Although I do believe it's only like 30% of students felt, or maybe it was 10% of students felt teachers were successfully doing that. I'm not sure the number off the top of my head. Either way, I'm a minority of students. So when you don't have those relationships in school, and obviously just being in a classroom community is very different than having all your friends around you and everything. When you don't have those relationships in a school and you only have the parts that stress people out and there's a pandemic and people are worried about job loss and death and illness, what did you expect was going to happen? And that's kind of what we are. It's like acknowledgement is I think super big. Like I feel like, it's kind of discrediting the struggles that students are going through a lot to just kind of mask it with, well, it's a great day to be a wild kid. You know, it's um, like we are all struggling and this is a challenge. And it's, it, I think it's harmful to pretend like this isn't a challenge. Like none of us have encountered this before in our lives and just a little recognition. I think this piece was all about recognition for me for teachers and administrators to look at it and be like, wow, okay. And that doesn't mean that they're bad at their jobs or anything. It's just, it's a really hard situation. So I just want them to look at the piece and be like, students aren't just these, you know, learning robots programmed to get a ton of tasks done, but they're human beings. They have emotions and this is really hard for them. So, yeah. I agree. And I think that as we've been talking about this idea of recognition, um, an acknowledgement by uh, the school and the administration. I think that going back to what Zach was saying about initially wanting the administration, initially wanting e-learning and remote school to look like real school, right? Um, personally, and I feel like this is especially in the process and writing of it, when um, I had to almost remove myself as being a student uh, at the school and going through these things that we're talking about and going through class that um, real school I, right now is unachievable. And the idea of the school wanting to go into this new year changing the academic or making it more academic focused compared to second semester of last year when, like Zach said, it was mainly just like getting through the year, right? We weren't being graded similarly at all that um, you're going to remove a lot of that humanity and emotion from your classrooms. Because obviously, like, we can't build community. Similarly, we're not in person. We're over Zoom. A lot of people have their cameras off, and I think a lot of people should be allowed to have their cameras off and do what they want to do. But it's not like being in person and being in real school. Yeah, and along with it being trade-offs, because, yeah, there were trade-offs, like you were saying. I think, like, one of the other major things we talk about is triage. Like, the school has is at a point where they're triaging students. They're deciding what cases can we take, which cases can we not take? And so like when you're doing that, and yes, it's because you don't have enough resources because there's a lot of students suffering and only you know 
20 some social workers less than that yeah like i don't blame mm -hmm. social workers i don't blame teachers but when you're choosing which cases you can help that's not a good place not at all yeah i think it's really a um a i don't want to say consequence but a result that's a word a result of the situation like Zach was saying, like they're triaging. It's kind of like um, trying to see what you can do for like the majority of the people at, while we are almost done with first semester. So I think that because um, the social or student services department, you know, the counselors and the social workers are overwhelmed because they are getting significantly more um, referrals and just students wanting help than usual. And it, that is because of this mental health crisis that we're in um, right now. And the idea of that is that not every student can be helped or can be helped when they need help, right? That there is a two week waiting period. And if you're currently going through an emergency crisis where you need to talk to somebody, you will be prioritized. But um, I don't want other, or personally, I feel like we shouldn't have um, other people's mental health issues um, be diminished because they might not be as urgent because you're still going through something and that should be acknowledged but the school um, is just not able to help everybody I think that that's a fact that they are don't have enough resources um, don't have enough people to talk to these um, students but I feel like that is something that can be changed and should be the Evanstonian has released an editorial statement also along with you know, this in-depth story that is really driven by, um, you know, data, interviews, et cetera. We have really something that really comes from our publication, that comes from our staff. Do you want to go through kind of after all of this, you know, research, after this piece has really been like crafted, what has the Evanstonian realized needs to happen? Um, so yeah, as a student and as a student publication, I think everybody um, really feels that this is a personal issue for them. Um, and I think that the editorial lets the staff really express how they feel and what they think needs to be changed, which I think is really important. And um, I don't say like good, but it's good for us because as you know, a newspaper publication, I feel like a lot of times you are just like reporting what's going on, but this allows for more of like a call to action from us. So I think that's great. Yeah, and also just like for me, this piece was really about like doing justice by the students who are like really overwhelmed and don't know how to go about seeking help and none of their teachers know what's going on and they feel really stressed out. It was really about prioritizing students' needs who are really struggling. Um, and so we reported that in our piece, but I think the editorial was more of like a, hey, now that we've acknowledged that this is going on in our piece, this is what needs to change. This is what needs to get done so that there can be some justice. And um, another like aspect of the editorial was just like granting some grace. Like there are so many implications of doing learning from your home and so many different students have different home lives and different things going on and so just being understanding of every student's situation and being flexible because not everyone isn't just a cookie cutter person we don't have the exact same thing going on there are going to be different reasons why people might not be able to get 
that certain assignment done by that really strict deadline and now all of a sudden they lose points on that assignment because they had something going on at home and they couldn't focus on it entirely so I think just like being lenient and being understanding that um, students are struggling and everyone's going to need different things during this time. I think a lot of teachers are giving grace, but it needs to be more universal. I know there definitely are teachers, both that I have and that my friends have, who are acting as though everything is completely the same. We're teaching the exact same curriculum the exact same way. And that doesn't work right now. And so if giving grace means being flexible with deadlines, that's great. If it means not assigning things that aren't the most essential, that's great. If it means, you know, just being able to make individualized plans, that's good. I think, yeah, that idea of grace is really the biggest thing that we wanted to ask the school. And it's also like our demands aren't exactly, or not our demands, our suggestions aren't exactly the same as what the student union suggested, but they're very similar. Both emphasize the act of giving grace, the act of being flexible. And I think it's good that like we we came to those conclusions independently of them, but it's good that it is also reflective of how another large group of students are feeling. Yeah, I think that shows the similarities between these two student-run organizations feel the same way and have the same um, comments or feelings about this. So I think that that is really impactful, right? That you're presenting two similar things that we don't work with them, on it, but uh, we all feel the same way. And that, I think, enhances and emphasizes the importance of this. You know, y'all who are listening can see it for yourself and make your own conclusions, but... Yeah, so please give the piece a read. And in addition to the amazing, amazing work that Lauren and Jessica have done, I want to shout out the rest of the in-depth staff. Meg Howsworth, Bridget Baker, Stella Israelite, Zoe Kaufman, Kayla Dreshpuk, and Bridget Baker. All of them have done amazing, amazing, amazing work. And I am so, so happy that I have been able to work with all of you. And that will continue into 2021. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And yeah, I guess just to all of the students listening take care of yourself and like this is it is the end of the semester but I think this break is absolutely well 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 deserved oh I just really I really wanted to say um thank you Nora and Zach for having us on and again like everybody has said please read the piece Uh, I don't want to force you to read the piece but please read the piece I feel like it will hopefully validate students' feelings and create a strong impact. And once again, I want to thank the in-depth staff. You are all great to work with. Zach, you're a great exec. Jessica, you're a great assistant editor. And everybody who worked on this did such a great job and worked so hard on this piece. We're really proud of it. Yeah, I think, and I think the whole staff is really proud of it, is really proud to say that, you know, this is in the Evanstonian, you know, because me, I didn't, you know, really help, but I'm so proud to say that, you know, I get to work with you all. So thanks again to Lauren and to Jessica. Like I said in the interview, I really am so happy I got to work with you and the rest of the in-depth staff. You're both wonderful Mm -hmm. people and you put a lot of work in. So 
yeah, it was just great to hear from both of them. Now we're going to bring on senior Maya Moskal, who is the assistant student representative for ETHS, to talk a little bit more about student unions findings about mental health and how they helped us um, research this topic. Okay. Hi, Maya. Welcome on. Um, Do you want to just introduce yourself and your role in the student union at ETHS? Yeah, I'm Maya. Um, I'm a senior and I've been at ETHS for four years. Um, And I am a big part of student union. I'm the vice representative. So um, Carmia Beatty, she's also a senior. She's the student representative. And together we kind of lead meetings. Um, We lead events. So like last week we held the Witherbell Forum. It was virtual. It went really well. And we got a lot of really good feedback. Um, And yeah, so we just really work to like, I guess, make the school an equitable place for all. And yeah, it's really empowering work. I love what we do. And yeah. Yeah. Um, So we are here today to talk about the Student Union Mental Health Survey. Um, And basically, your process as an organization to collect data about mental health and why you think that is important. Yeah. So basically, our first meeting that we had as student union, we meet on Thursdays and as a whole group. And the first meeting that we had, um, I guess we just listed out a bunch of issues that we students saw um, with the school and with how everything is going, not only with e-learning, but like everything, like literally. And the, I guess the issue that kind of popped up the most was like e-learning and student stress and student wellness. And so we decided that was going to be the first issue that we tackled. Um, And we did so kind of by, it took a little bit to figure out how we were going to gather information, how we were going to send out the survey, what, how, like, I mean, we originally weren't going to send out a survey. We really didn't know what we were going to do. And so we ended up kind of coming up with a list of questions that we wanted to ask students. So Um, You guys have access to like the survey results. We published like this long Google document that we ended up sharing with the um, school school board. But yeah, so we decided to make this survey. So we worked for like three weeks and we made all these questions. We worked to exclude bias and anything that could like, I guess, change the way that students answered the questions. Um, We asked for like identity at the end of the survey and stuff like that so we could possibly tie like student experience and student wellness with identity, a bunch of different factors. Um, And yeah, so we came up with this survey and then we met with Dr. Levy and she kind of helped us go through the survey, made sure that there was no bias, made sure that the questions weren't too repetitive, stuff like that. And she gave us like kind of her input And so then we basically got the all clear and we sent the survey out to every single student at ETHS. And we got, I think we got like 600 responses over the course of like a few days. Um, We opened the survey, I think on like a Tuesday morning and ended it on like a Friday afternoon. Um, And the majority of the students that answered um, identify as female and a lot of the students identify as white so we did have kind of like our data was a little bit skewed but overall we had a good representation of the student body from like what we saw um, and we had good information so we asked like 
you know, statistical information, like how many hours of homework are you getting a week? How many hours of asynchronous work do you have? And then we asked like, what's your um, opinion on this? What's your opinion on that? And so students had options to both respond like with words and with numbers. Um, but yeah, we kind of just sent out this survey, got all these responses, and then we ended up presenting it to the school board on um, at one of the meetings and at, like we made this like big formal the document that you guys have access to um, and that's what we presented to them and then yeah a few steps have been taken um, so I know that Dr. Bavis sent an email to all the teachers I don't know exactly what that looked like but I know that an email was sent to them um, with kind of not exactly the results but like like the like concrete results but like kind of the general like what are the results showing us and they're showing us that students are extremely stressed and that mental health is not where it should be you know what i mean um and yeah so i think that i'm not sure like it kind of the process took kind of a while um which is unfortunate because we're already like ending second quarter you know and like stuff hasn't really been changed but um i mean i guess we've made teachers and students and even parents more aware of the issues which was like one of the main goals you know like awareness um and yeah so that was kind of the process um it was enjoyable to go through the process for myself because it was interesting to see everyone's different responses it was so interesting to see like 600 different responses from all different grade levels all different identities and how similar but different all of these responses were it was it was fascinating um but yeah, I mean, that was the process. Yeah. Yeah, I think, Zach. Yes, like, as, I mean, first of all, thank the student union for providing us this data and letting us use it. Like, as I've been working through what you had, and then also the day that the school collected and presented at the same board meeting, which I think was November 9, mm -hmm. like, it's very interesting to see, A, the differences between the data you collected versus them, and then also the differences in the survey itself. Mm -hmm. um, so like for one, and I th these are all things I believe we call out in our piece, the amount of homework question that you ask where the average is around, I wanted to say like six hours a week, um, that compared to the schools is substantially higher, which like, I guess isn't surprising. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Yeah. Like you acknowledge maybe there's more juniors answering this than there would be in the other survey, more juniors and seniors. But I also just think it's something about how people feel about talking to the school and being honest to the school. Mm -hmm. And I think that also, like, we, we wanted to push out this survey as student union, and we wanted to really, like, drive the force that we are a student-led group. I mean, we have Mr. Pond. He's, like, absolutely amazing. And he's, like, you know, assisting us, right, in, like, everything that we do and everything. Um, but, like, I mean, in general, like this is student led and this is like this issue came up because we students found an issue with it. And then we pushed out this survey because we students wanted to hear what our peers had to say. And that's why we, we introduced the survey with like we are Carmia and Maya and the student union and we want to hear you. We want to hear your voice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which again, like Zach, I think that that is so true that like students when they see that like this is from students like this is from your peers they're like oh yeah I'll be truthful about how much like I am getting six hours of homework a week and like my mental health is horrible 
You know what I mean? Okay. I think that's also like what's behind the Evansonian wanting to like talk about this issue. It's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. We are seeing that your servicing 65% of students are stressed, are highly stressed. We see that as students. We can see that people are overwhelmed. And like yeah. what also is really interesting to me is you present a bunch of recommendations at the end. And so I didn't, we wrote our own set of recommendations as the Evanstonian. Ours are identical to yours, but I had not looked at yours before, which is just like, that says something. I'm not entirely sure what, I guess that students are united in an experience of suffering. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Good, I guess, I don't know. It's a thing. I don't know, it's just, yeah, it, it's kind of just the reality of it all. And we also wanted to talk to you, Maya, a little bit as a student and like what your experiences have been um, through e-learning this semester. Yeah, so in the beginning, like, I mean, go all the way back to March and it was very different than it, what, than it is now, you know, like Zoom classes weren't required. Um, I would say that homework was much lighter. Like there were the, what were they called? Act of God days, I think, where you didn't have to do anything. Personally, I did all the work and I attended all the Zoom calls because I had nothing better to do. And because like, I mean, it gave me like social socialization and like social, a social life, I guess. Um, but yeah, and so like that wasn't as horrible. And I mean, it was just the beginning of all of this. And so it was more like, oh my God, than like, it was more of like an, oh my God, like this is actually happening than like an, oh my God, when is this going to end? But now I feel like I'm at like the, when is this going to end portion? And like, I mean, there's hope definitely, but it's like, personally, like in August, like when we started school, I was like, again, like, ugh, you know what I mean? Because especially like being a senior going to college and Zach, I know we've talked about this before, but like going to college, like the thing that I'm most looking for right now in like my last semesters of high school is like intellectual thinking and like communication with other people rather than like these worksheets and like these lectures and stuff. And like, obviously we need to, I'm like, I'm in AP classes. I signed up for like the lectures. I understand that. Like, and I, I love learning the material, but like such a big part of like these AP classes, especially, and like every class and school in general is like this communication aspect, which is what we're not getting seriously. And like, that's I think the hardest part for me to come by is that we're going to college and not only us seniors, but like juniors who are applying to colleges or not applying, but like looking for colleges, us who are applying to colleges. And then even like freshmen and sophomore who like, like my brother's a freshman, he's never like had a high school experience. This is the only thing that he knows of high school, you know, which is just so sad. And like, he's also having troubles, but, um, I think like with just like comprehending everything that's going on in addition to like school, you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, overall, like, I mean, it's getting more for me personally, it's getting easier, I think, because I'm easier for me to like be in the schedule of like Zoom calls every day, but it's definitely like mentally getting harder on me, like emotionally, I guess, because of like the weather getting worse the days getting shorter, like the restrictions getting tighter, like all of those separate things like emotionally are harder, but it's, I don't know, it's hard to explain. But then like the part, like I said about like scheduling and like doing 
doing like a bunch of assignments is getting easier for me than it was in August. You know what I mean? Cause at this point I'm just used to it. And like, at this point I'm just yeah. used to like, not communicating with my like friends, and classes, you know, which is cool. But yeah, so that's my experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think um, that is not, you know, a unique, I think that is a universal thing that's going on with a lot of students right now. And I can say as someone also who is, um, enrolled in all of these AP courses, it's like very, I guess, just stifling, like to feel the like curriculum getting pushed over, mm-hmm. over um, like taking care of students. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess, yeah, just kind of what you were saying is just there is like a sense of normalcy in these Zoom calls now, I feel. Um, at least for myself, is like maybe this this is at, like not at all what I thought you know senior year would be or high school like the end of high school would be like. But you know it just became normal and like um, you know I try to like do my best or like find ways to like escape it at some level like through like TV or books or like something art. Um, but again, like that's not enough, like that can't replicate, you know, the relationships you build with other human beings. So, yeah, no, I feel for the teachers because, especially these AP teachers, because they have this like curriculum that they have to follow, and like the college board and like the school is saying, like, everything's everything is like act like everything's normal, give your students the curriculum, like everything's normal, which is like it's also hard because like if the college board is telling all schools around the country to act like everything's normal, like not every school is the same. And like, not every school is handling this pandemic the same. And like, I'm not saying that one is right and one is wrong and that ETHS is right or wrong because like, we're all going through this for the first time together. But like, it's unfair in my opinion to say like, get through the entire curriculum like you're gonna have an AP test, like it's a normal year when there's us who are virtual like two 70 minute periods a week, like that's nothing compared to what we usually have compared to like other schools, like private and public all around the country that are back in school getting like the normal amount, like pre COVID amount of education and like classroom time, I guess that they used to have. So like that's valid for the college board, I think to say to like those types of schools, but like, I don't know. I just think it's unfair that like, our school and our teachers are being pushed to give us all the curriculum in like a little bit more than half the time that we usually have in school. I th- I just think it's hard. Like it's, it's hard on us, but it's also hard on the teachers. Like it's so hard on the teachers. And like they, I know of a lot of teachers who like don't want to be giving us this curriculum. Like for example, like Mr. Pond, like, I mean, I had him last year for a push and like he has always believed that like the AP curriculum is too like like not rigid but like too like yeah it's like like there's not enough conversation and mm -hmm. so he always incorporated a lot of conversation into his classes but like again like that conversation aspect he can't do that right now as well as he could when we were in person which Mm -hmm. like yeah I mean it all just comes back to like the idea of like this was a not a zero-sum game, but certainly a game where you have to play with trade-offs. Like, you always have to in the real world. And if the trade-off you make is let's 
act as though things are normal because that's what students need in a time like this, which is something that people have done for a long time, right? That's something people have always done. I know like even like the day after like the 2016 election, people were generally doing the same thing they were doing the day before. Certainly I think it was true after 9-11. So, like it's always been true. People are told when there's something bad, act like things are normal because that reduces stress level. I don't think that's true now for one. Like the trade-off in pushing that belief because e-learning is essentially just uploading what we had in person onto an online environment, but stripping out all those social elements that people needed. Right. The trade-off is people are going to suffer. People aren't going to have the, I mean, I use the term community, but relationships, friendships, all that's the same thing that you need. And like Maya, you and I sit in senior leadership together. We sit in a freshman class every day and it is so, so sad. Horrible. And we've talked about it, like, just, like, I feel bad. Yeah, I feel bad for us as seniors because, yeah, we don't have a lot of those senior experiences. But I feel so much worse for freshmen yeah, who I don't know. know people or for sophomores who have now spent half of their high school time online. Yeah, like, exactly. Else, which is, like, so sad. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like for me, freshman year was the year that I like made a lot of those connections and like where school itself wasn't this really like da- like daunting thing that I needed to care so much about because um, like I was just getting adjusted to like the social elements of it. Mm-hmm. And so like to pile, I mean like I don't, we can't really do much about this, but to pile that all on onto the fr- current freshmen like when they're sophomores probably um, and along with like the like increased workload and stuff like that is is tough. Yeah, and I don't know, like, I know, like, the school sent the email that, like, we're definitely going to be online for third quarter, and then fourth quarter might be a hybrid model, like, about, like, the normalcy thing, like, acting everything's normal, like, in this situation, like, I don't know, like, the school sending out, like, like, we are going to be online third quarter, like, period, like, that's not, you know what I mean, like, that's not, like, negotiable, but, like, I don't know if, like, the school sending out information about fourth quarter, like it might be hybrid and like giving people hope is better because who knows what it's going to be like, like come end of third quarter, who knows? Like, you know what I mean? Um, And I don't know if it's better for them to push out information like that or just stay silent. I mean, there's pros and cons for both, you know, like giving people hope and acting like it's going to be normal and then like not giving them hope and like letting them down because who knows what's going to happen again. But yeah, I don't know. It's just so uncertain. And it's literally day by day, which is the hardest part. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know, when you're talking about like how you're now adjusted to like the Zoom schedules. Yeah, I feel the same way. But it's like essentially, like, I don't know, even when we, even when this pandemic does end, things are still going to be uncertain. Right? That's just the nature of the world. Mm-hmm. It's just like right now, things are so much more uncertain. And like, I don't know, I agree. Like they probably need to send out some information. But I just think the school needs to be more open with students. And I think that that's something that we ask for. I think that is, to an extent, something the student union was asking for and saying, like, we want to make sure that students are aware of some of these things, like homework assignments and stuff more clearly. Like, mm-hmm. I just think there needs to be more transparency. Because, like, even the fact that, like, you don't entirely know what happened with this survey says something. Like, you presented it to the board, but, like, you don't know what Davis used it for, really. You know, he sent it out. Like, I think that's an issue. Yeah, like, I mean, I heard that there was an email sent out, and I, personally, I heard that 
because I wasn't at, I'm, I'm never, like, as vice student representative, I'm never at the school board meetings, like, that's Carmia in, like, that student representative seat, and I'm just, like, basically her right-hand man, um, but I heard that the school board didn't, like, considering all, of, like, the work that we put into it, that, like, the school board didn't take it as well as we hoped. Yeah, Carmia, like, I did watch the board meeting. Carmia talked for, like, five minutes. Yeah. And then that was really it. Like, there were no comments. Witherspoon said nothing. None of the board members said anything. Bavis said nothing. Like, Campbell said nothing. Like, that's... A... I know that it's, like, awkward. But, like, I also kind of hope for a little bit more, like... I, I don't even know what I hope for. I just... Just, like, yeah, like, a recognition. And, like... And, yeah, kind of what you're saying. It might be awkward, but it's... These are actual responses that people are giving. And this isn't, you know, this isn't just a made up, I don't know, like data. So. Yeah, no, it's so truthful and it's like not rigged. I can guarantee you it's not rigged. And like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I do know. And I haven't, again, like I haven't seen the email that Bavis sent out. Um, I just know there was one, but I have no idea what it said. I just, I think it just summarized basically like student mental health and how students are taking this. But again, like with that, like there's so many different, like, it's like a whole, I mean, I don't know. It's like a whole thing. Like, I don't even know the words. Like it's, there's like so many different variations of like what people are feeling that you can't, it's hard to generalize. Like you can't say all students are like, hating e-learning because I, I know for a fact that some students love e-learning you know what I mean and like that's awesome but like then you also can't say that all students are like learning to cope with zoom more because not all students are learning to cope with zoom and stuff like that but yeah and like and it's just like the whole idea like the whole just like truth that everyone you know if you're especially like when you're at home and like if you do school at your home, which is what most people do, um, that situation looks different for everyone in the high school. And um, I think it's just something like that, a part of ETHS is that we aren't like, just, we have su a, such a like vast range of what, you know, people's experiences are. And that also includes like what people's home lives are. And so it is like, it goes beyond just like how people cope with, you know, um, working with a Chromebook or like um, things digitally, but it's really like how people have to also manage their, their home life and like whatever that like is. I, yeah. Like, I do think that the one thing that is fair to say, and I agree you can't make generalizations. That's why data like this is useful because it's the only way you can get a large swath of the population, and that's what you work with. You work with averages. Mm -hmm. But I do think you can say that every student is suffering in his or her or their own way. I don't think there is a single person who is not saying, I am missing something or I am, you know... I don't know. Like I'm doing perfectly well. Like I think everyone's suffering in some way. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, those, those ways are personal because yes, everyone has a different home life. Everyone. And like, we don't even like, we'll acknowledge this right now. Like in our main 
piece of mental health, we don't talk about the racial disparities in it because we couldn't because of the length. Mm-hmm. Like that's the reality. But like that also is like a major thing when we're thinking about the issues with e-learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. suffering though, I think, is a true statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those sufferings are unique. But yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. And like for me personally, this is just like um like school like eths used to be like and like i don't know if it's true for you guys i had a really like connection with the high school or whatever like the actual physical place and like for me going to the high school was just such a like it was like my like place that i went when i needed like comfort or like i needed the people that like i cared about the most or like like you know all that stuff was all in the was in the high school and so like I don't know I think that might be like stand true especially for a lot of like um upperclassmen where it's like you grew up here in a way and like you watch yourself grow up and the people around you grow up and your teachers like learn from you and all of that stuff and then like you know it's really like just a non at least right now there's like not a lot of closure with that so like I think that also takes like a mental toll on people so yeah and like the freshmen and like not only freshmen but like kids that, students that are new to the school like no matter what grade level they are like if they're new this year um any new students like don't know that like this is high school for them and like if I was a freshman personally I would be like what like I like I don't I don't want to keep doing this for four more years. You know what I mean? But like, I think it's partially like part of the reason why I'm motivated to keep going and finish strong is because I, I've had that in my past. And like, I know that my teachers like in person, like want me to succeed. And like, even though that might not be showing through zoom, like your zoom camera, like, I know that that's there, but if I was a freshman, like, I'd be like, what is high school? You know what I mean? Which is, like, so sad because they don't even, they don't even have that, like, background in their life. Like, all they know is middle school, which is so different from high school in so many different ways, and that's all they know, so it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, people need other people, and you can't, like, that's what makes life beautiful and important and special like you need community and maybe it's not an attachment to the building I think I also feel that I think a lot of people do in some line but it, and it may not even it could be a club it could be a even if it's none of those things it's just like maybe it's the one person who you really feel you can trust that you met at the high school maybe it's the one person who you hang out with every other night right it's just your friends it's your the people who I don't know yeah and it's gone I think that like the building is like the building, you know, like I go to a summer camp every summer and I'm, I mean, I work there at this point, like I used to be a camper and they have like awards at the end of like each session. And one of like the awards is like the spirit award. It's like one of the bigger awards and they always do like the same speech and they say like this, like land is just land with like trees and like a few animals and like some cabins and like a dining hall like whatever but like it's the people that make it the special place that it is and like I think that's so true for everywhere you go like same thing with like a home like a home is just like a structure but it's like the love that fills it and like the support that fills it that makes it like 
a home like sorry no a home is like the structure is like a house you know what i'm saying like the structure is like the house or like the apartment or whatever and then like the people that fill it make it the home that's what i'm trying to say and then like i think it goes the same for like the school building like the building is like the building but then the people that fill it like the teachers the support staff the like everyone like the janitors the kitchen like staff the students like literally everyone make it like the school that we all know and love and miss you know which is really sad <laughs> yeah yeah well thank you maya it's a, a lovely conversation yeah thank you maya no i, I mean that wholeheartedly i know you're yeah just me like... too <laughs> and it's okay that it's tinged with sadness because again that is part of the human condition and especially now um i will go on a brief diatribe and i fully expect nora to cut this um but like i I know we're talking like how do we make it through this year and i know you're saying like escapism is very important and uh, as i think both of you know i love lord of the rings and like whenever you when you look at the world that tolkien created and it's true of our own world too like that world was created with sadness inherent into it. One of like my favorite of the gods of Tolkien's world is Nienna who cries for the pains of creation. And like, I don't know. It's okay that we can acknowledge that things are really bad and that there is something that we love in this world at ETHS in our community. And it's okay that it's sad that we lost that. And it's okay that everyone's dealing with that loss and those, you know, millions of losses, each unique in their own way. And it's okay that we can say, like, we still hope that we can return to that place. And we never will. And that's the reality of it. Like, that's lost in a way, right? You can't go back to the way things were before. Mm-hmm. But we can still come together in one way or another. So like, this has been a nice conversation. Like, this has let us do that in, you know, a fragmented way. Yeah, no, I just want to, like, end with, like, there's a quote that, I don't know, like, the exact quote, but it's, like, basically, you don't know happiness until you know sadness, which I think is so true, and, like, once we get out of all of this, which I think is hard for people to see, because it seems like there's no end, but there is an end, like, once that comes, like, it'll feel better than ever, and whether that's, like, next year, the year after, who knows, like, who knows? And whether or not like we seniors get a normal freshman year, like beginning of freshman year of college or not, whenever we, there will be peace and dancing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, like, I mean, it'll just feel so good. And I think that that's what people really need to, I know it's hard, but like really need to focus on is the future and like that hope. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Kit Chat podcast. Thank you to our producer, John Phillips. In addition, we want to thank Oliver Leopold and the ETHS Marching Band for recording our introduction and Dr. Kamasi Hill and CJ Singletary for creating our outro music. Yes, thank you all so much. Have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.